happening in that race. Wait. And then I'm walking, and then I'm running. I play basketball. I like quick sprints, and then you know, then we run again. I'm not going to run that race. You know why? Because my wife likes long-distance running, and if I run, she's going to want to beat me. And I'm not going to let her beat me, so I'm going to be, I'm going to collapse at the end of the race. On our third date, she said, let's go running. I met her by, ruck, you know, on the, by the train in New Brunswick, and she took us to Johnson Park, and I thought, oh, we're just going to run around the thing. Like on the sec, two and a half miles in, I'm like next to her, pretending like I'm, it's fine. I was exhausted. I wanted to just pass out. And I said, when is it over? And she pointed to this building, and I was like, okay, and I left her in my dust. I went off, I threw up, and then I waited for her to get there. <laughs> The things we do for love. <laughs> Let's turn to John chapter 12. Today is Palm Sunday. That's why we have the palms. We're going to wave these babies. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that, Grace. I really am. And you made me cry already, so I don't have to cry now anymore. I cried. That's over. John chapter 12, in verse 12, says the next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Woo! Then Jesus, when he had found the donkey, sat on it, as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they had heard that he had done this sign. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for every person here. I pray that it wouldn't just be a visit to church, but some of them that are here today would come back into your church, Father, and make it their home. Father, I pray if anyone came in here today not knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the most important thing, we pray more than anything that they would leave with that blessed assurance of heaven. Father, we pray if anyone came in sick in their body, uh, feeling depressed or oppressed or empty or lonely or going through a financial uh, situation, Father, we pray for total restoration today because you are in our midst and we have the victory. Father, speak through me today. By your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been talking over the last few weeks, and I'll finish next week, about God's passion, the passion of Jesus to go to the cross for us. And uh, I'll, I'll share with you in a moment what we're going to talk about today. But let's look at verse 12. It says that the next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Okay, so they heard that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. It was a very exciting time. It's during the feast of the Passover. So there was a lot of people there. And it says a great many people went out to meet him when they heard that he was coming. And it's interesting because as we get close to the Easter, you'll see the church attendance all over the world. 
go up. Amen? Because people are starting to think about Jesus and they're starting to think about these things. And um, Are you one of the many <laughs> that has ushered Jesus into your life with fanfare, with excitement? Do you remember when you have some of you that, and I hope most of you that have put your faith and trust in Jesus, do you remember how excited you were when you ushered Jesus into your life, when you heard about him and you heard about his saving grace? Let's look at John 12, verse 17. It says, therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. You know, we get excited when we hear about what God has done for other people. Amen? How many of you came to church and came to meet Jesus because, you know, somebody you knew, God had done something great in their life? Uh, my friend Joni, who's sick right now, uh, we knew each other when we were kids. and uh, We didn't really, be, you know, become friends again with her husband and wife till, uh, till with her and her husband until years, years, years later. And she knew me as the drug dealing, Rikers Island spending, <laughs> crazy kid that I was. And when she saw who I had become, she would say, you're my miracle. She said, you're my miracle. Because it says here in that scripture, it says that he had called and he had raised Lazarus. How many of you came to Jesus because you saw someone that God had called and then raised them to a new life? and inspired you to say, you know what? I want to check out what this is. And they heard about some great thing. Did any of you come to Jesus because you heard about a miracle that God had done in someone else's life? Amen. Many of you. So many of these people came out with good intention. Many of these people came out excited. And in verse 13 it says, they took branches of palm trees, you notice I like to get the real palm, okay? I don't like that skinny, twirly stuff, whatever it is. It doesn't look like palm to me. This is palm. Let me see that palm. Let's show me that palm. Amen. Isn't that cool? When we were worshiping, my, doing my favorite song, by the way, because I love yelling, okay? I love the combination of yelling and singing, Pastor Kevin. I really like, oh. I even said to you on the other day, I said, I think they're going to do with everything this Sunday. I don't know why. It's just a perfect song for today. And uh, it says, they took branches of palm trees, went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna. Everybody say, Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The King of Israel. Woohoo! Go woohoo! I can't believe you do what I say. It's awesome, man. Now I know how cults start. <laughs> Everybody's dressed in white, waving something and doing whatever one guy says. But the good news is everybody didn't do it, okay? <laughs> so they got, they got their praise on. They were all excited. And uh, they knew something special was going on. They felt like a king had come, someone to give them victory. They were under Roman occupation. They, weren't, they were looking for a king to come and deliver them. And they were excited. They were like, if he can open the eyes of the blind, if he can raise somebody from the dead, he can take care of these Italians. <laughs> but you know what? 
These are the same people who a week later cried out, crucify him. He came to save them. They even said, Hosanna, save now. But the fanfare of the crowd had died down. And the same people that were celebrating him, that had ushered him in, were ready to see him be killed. Verse 13, it says, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. It's no coincidence that they took branches of palm. Because palm represents something. Let's take a look at what palms represent. The date palm itself, the tree, is the symbol of Jewish nationalism. In the ancient Olympics, the Romans rewarded their champions with a palm branch. When the giants score, the officials raise their hand. You notice I said the giants. That's the New York giants. Palms actually should be blue. (laughs) Nike, everybody knows what Nike means, right? Swoosh, it's the Greek word for overcome we see in the New Testament. The overcoming victorious Greek goddess had a palm branch in her hand. Everybody knew what palm represented it. The city of Jericho, it was, this, it was the city where the Israelites came into the promised land and had their greatest victory, their first victory as they went to take the promises of God. It's called the city of palm trees. First Kings 6.29, it says that Solomon told the people under the uh, unction of God to carve figures of palm trees in the walls of the temple. And of course, Revelation 7.9 says this, After those things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Christian martyrs are painted with a palm branch in their hand to signify their victory over death. And you know, think about, you, how you use your palms, right? You know, how many of you, like, when you praise, you got your palms out like this? Like, it's the little praise, right? It's a little praise because you're not sure if anybody's looking. You're not sure you want them to be looking. But you want, you know, God's looking, so you do the little alligator arm praise. That's how they always start, you know? Except for me, that's not how I started. I, I started too high. I had to bring it down. But, you know... And and it's almost like this kind of worship is you're saying, I want to receive all you have. But are there times when you start to go like this and you're worshiping like this and you're putting your palm out and you're declaring your victory? I can tell you, when I'm like, when I'm, you know, I I, I praise like this and I praise like this, but when I praise like this, it's because I'm mad at the devil and I want him to know that I've won. See this hand? Talk to the hand, devil. It represents your victory. What caused their hearts to get so excited? Because they believed that God had sent their king. And they were going to have their victory right then and there. He was going to take them. They were going to go out and beat up on the Romans. And take 
their rightful place back because they are God's chosen people. They were shouting Psalm 118, save now, Psalm 118, 25, save now, which is where the word Hosanna comes from. Save now is Yasha'ana, which where the, where the word used in the New Testament is Hosanna. Save now, I pray, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Now, that word prosperity is more than money. That word is sadak. It's a word. My definition of prosperity is making advancement in your life in every way. So if you want to call me a prosperity teacher, I, I'll wear the shoe. Because do you know God actually wants you to make progress in your life? That's what life more abundant is. He's not looking for people to regress. He delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, right? And they kept turning back, like, let's go back. Back to the muck and the mire. Are you advancing in your life in every area? Are you exercising and eating better? Amen? <laughs> Are you studying harder? Are you working harder? Are, are, you, are you seeking after the ministry God has called you to? Another reason we're having two services is because I can't stand just having one. I got to be expanding in my life. I got to see things moving out. I got to see tent stakes being spread out. I got to see in ter territory being enlarged. Amen. Or I can't breathe and I can't live. Amen. Amen. That's, who God, that's what God has implanted in us. Be fruitful and multiply. And they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Today's message is God's love, his passion, will help you to keep your palms up. Put your palm up for a second, just a second, right? They were so excited, right? They were waving. You know where their palm was by Wednesday? And by the crucifixion, it was gone. What causes us to go from a place where we're declaring victory to we are accepting defeat? Number one, people. People. You, you got to love them. Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, I really love you. Don't look at somebody else's spouse and say that. Look... <laughs> Say that to your own spouse. Why are you looking at my wife and telling her you love her? No. John 12, 12. It says, the next day a great multitude had come to the feast. There was a lot of people. How many of you have a lot of people in your life? <laughs> if you just have one, that's enough. <laughs> This time of year, many people come to church. They're all excited. The problem was with these people is they wanted things on their own terms. And a lot of people that only come to church around Christmas and Easter, we call them creepsters. I don't know. I, we call them. I just made that up. I don't know. There was something they called them. I don't know. Because um, they creep in and then they creep out. <laughs> Alicia was like, do you remember that person? I go, I don't know. They creeped in and they creeped out, huh? But, um, you know, people will do that. 
because they want to have things on their own term. If it doesn't work today, it's not going to work. Like people come to church and one day thinking their life's going to change and one day, and if you don't have Jesus and you put your faith in him, it will. It'll change for eternity. But others just come in and it's like, you know, wow, they were praying over people and people were wiggling and falling down. Nothing happened for me. I didn't get any electricity. <laughs> I didn't get shocked. <laughs> you know, or, you know, that song didn't move me like it moved that person next to me. Why were they so excited? I wasn't. You know, people like, they want it on their own terms. And even people that have been, you know, when people go to this church and that church and try to find one where they can have things on their own terms, and they will find out that they can't have any of them on their own terms. And they wanted it where Jesus would come in and they'd have a military victory. Okay, so they, oh, hallelujah. By the next week, they were like, we'll take Barabbas. A week later, Pilate gave a choice for the one that they were like, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to some criminal dude, <laughs> but was good, you know, wanted to fight. See, they wanted to have it their way. People many times want to have it their way. Or uh, I'll give this God thing a try for a week. <laughs> Did you ever meet people like that? You tell them, you know, Jesus could change your life and like, they tried, you know, like you don't see them for a while, and they tell you, yeah, I tried that. I got news for you people. There's no replacement for Jesus. Right. I said there's no replacement for Jesus. Barabbas brought them nothing. There's no replacement for Jesus. Number two, religious people or religion. Luke chapter 19, it says, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Mm. Saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. How many of you have ever been to Israel? The Mount of Olives, man, it's amazing. It really is. Because from the Mount of Olives, you could see Jerusalem, you could see the Eastern Gate, you could see it all. It is absolutely breathtaking, and, and the Holy Spirit wells up in you to a point where, you're, where you can't even speak, because all the things that you've read about are coming to life before your very eyes. To, could, you could just see him descending the Mount of Olives, and everybody on the other side by the temple mount can see him. It's, it's just... Beyond words, I can't even tell you how amazing it is. So he's descending that, and everybody begins to rejoice and praise God. I mean, they were so excited. They're, they're quoting the, the prophecy that the king is here. And it says, some of the Pharisees said, teacher, could you shut your people down? First of all, I want to tell you, tell you something. He's not a teacher. <laughs> he's not just a teacher. He's a king. Did you hear what they're calling him? So don't bring him down to now he's just a teacher, you know. Uh, I heard somebody recently, and they, were, and they were going, you know, Alicia and I were trying to witness these people, and, you know, you never know where somebody is. And then all of a sudden, the guy's wife was like, well, you know, I think that Gandhi and Jesus, and right there, I'm like, don't even, don't even. I got nothing against Gandhi, okay? 
Don't even. Don't even go there. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Don't you even go there. I'll smack you right now. Don't even say another name. Don't even say Michael Jordan. I, I will, I'm telling you. See, and I'll tell you, it says that they were in the crowd. There's always going to be people in the crowd that want to reduce who Jesus is. There's always going to be people that want to reduce who Jesus is. <sighs> and there's people, you know, that sometimes say at Grace Church, we praise too loud. I love you. And, you know, some of you, it may be a little too loud. You are more than welcome to go in that foyer right there. Where there will muffle it a little bit. There's nothing wrong. I understand that. Okay? I do. But the loudness comes out of a passion. But I, please, I, I am not saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying, you know, there are tastes of how you like music, and that's fine. But understand, like I keep saying every week, I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm passionate. I'm passionate. Man, we were worshiping today, and it, and it is my favorite song, uh, with everything, and and we're shouting that, whoa. I mean, I, I'm shouting my victory. That's why I had to pick my palm and say, yeah, uh-huh, 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 yeah. I don't know about you, but I like winning. You know, they're going, they're going, <laughs> blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Salvation now. Everything God has, I want. And religion will tell you, well, you can't have it all. You can't have the total victory. <laughs> you got to have some bad things in your life. I'm here to tell you, listen. The victory that Jesus was about to, to, to uh, perform for them was a total victory on the cross. There's nothing else that needs to be done, people. So shut those voices up. that try to reduce your Jesus or tell you that well, there's just some things, you know, that, that God can't do. That's what they were saying. They were saying to, could you just quiet them down? You know that person that worships like, and they're all crazy like that, and you're watching them and you're like, why are they doing that? You shouldn't be watching them. Why are you watching them? Oh, yeah. Let's, let, let's get real, everybody that, you know, you've been in church for a long time and you might teach, uh, you know, youth group or Sunday school or home group or whatever it is, and me and everybody, we all do that sometimes, don't we? We look and they're like, why are they doing that? Who cares? What are we doing? Who are we worshiping? What are we here for? For Jesus. They were taking their coats off, putting them in the mud so he could walk past on the donkey. I'd have a tough time laying down my new light blue jacket. <laughs> Is there a dry cleaner in Jerusalem? <laughs> Number three, see, I'm talking about things that, well, your hand was up there. You were declaring your victory, and now your, your palm's falling. These are things that, 
that, that weaken you. They weaken your declaration. <laughs> Number three is believers. <laughs> Christians. Other Christians. You know any Christians that will suck the life out of you? Mm. A lot of laughing, a lot of noise, a lot of squirming. It's because it's real. It's real. When the trials come, they retreat. Look at Peter on this rock. Peter gets this revelation that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus goes, on that revelation, on you, the rock, I'm naming you now the rock, by the way. And on that, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Wow. If Jesus would have said to me, Joe, on who you're a rock, and on, uh, on what you just said, I'm going to build a church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it, man, I would have been like, wow, yeah, baby. I mean, I would have been so excited. That same guy, a teenage girl comes up to him and says, do you know Jesus? And he goes, no, I never, I don't know. <laughs> True. And we've done it too. Yes. We're around a bunch of people that we know, if we tell them we love Jesus, they're going to laugh at us or mock us. You've been there, right? I'm in a new place now. When I sense that's about to happen and I tell them, if they mock me, I slap them right in the face. <laughs> What'd you say, boy? I mean, why can't I be like that? Is that okay? I, I... Is it all right? I don't know. It's not. I'm looking to my pastors and leaders for some confirmation. No. I got an amen from Steve Lawn. I'm not surprised. Okay. Peter slipped. You know, he was all excited and that, you know, and, and, and your arms just, <laughs> or then believers will say, yeah, you'll have that victory in the sweet by and by. What the heck is the sweet by and by anyway? I don't even know what it is, but I've heard it said so many times. You know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if, if you're only going to have your victory in the sweet by and by, you don't need this. <laughs> and you don't need the praise. We don't need a worship team. We don't need nothing. Let's just wait for the sweet by and by. Because it's sweet. And we get to say goodbye. <laughs> we don't need this. We don't need to pray. We don't need to worship. We don't need to declare our victory. We don't need to do nothing. Just wait for the sweet by and by. I'm just waiting for the sweet by and by. You know when people say that, say bye-bye. Because <laughs> prosperity is now. Salvation is now. Let me tell you something. God will never tell you to put this down. God will never tell you to put down your hand and surrender. God will never tell you to do that. And if God will never tell you to do that, don't do it. As a matter of fact, he will strengthen your hand to keep it waving. He will strengthen your hand to keep it waving. Zephaniah 3, verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughters of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. Jesus died on the cross. He's taken away our sin. 
He took the judgment. He has taken away the judgment that would otherwise be on us. He has cast out our enemy. Hallelujah. Wave this at the devil when he's speaking nonsense into your ear. Talk to the palm. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. We're two or more gathered together. He is in the midst. You know, when they were waving those palms and everything, they had, the, the king of kings was in their midst. <laughs> and right now, he's in our midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands be weak. Tell the person next to you, don't let your hands be weak. Because the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will come and save you. <laughs> That's my worship team audition. I do one every couple of weeks just to let them know. <laughs> he will come to save you. Do you know what God's answer to these voices that say, to put down your palm. Here's what Jesus said to them in Luke 19, verse 40. I tell you, if they would keep silent, the stones would cry out. Jesus is saying, don't you put your palm down. Don't you put your praise down. Don't you put your prayer down. Don't you put your Bible down. Don't you put your hopes down. Don't you put your dreams down. And don't let anybody tell you to do it. You know, sometimes you just got to get mad. Get mad right now. Get mad at me. Now get mad at the devil. That's, that's weak. You think you should go, that you're mad? Unfortunately, people like my wife, they can't get mad. As hard as I try, sometimes I get her there. But you know, if it's easy for you to get mad, just get mad at the devil. And get mad at the voices that are trying to put, keep that, trying to keep that hand down. Listen, here's what Jesus is saying, basically, people. If the church will not declare the victory, if the church will not declare the victory. By the way, we are designed, created to declare the victory. If we don't do it, some inanimate object is going to do it, but it's going to be done. So why not us? And why not now? That's what we're called to do. When we're singing, and it's not even singing anymore for me. <laughs> you definitely don't want to mic me on when we're going, Wah. first of all, how do they do it so many times and it still sounds good? I don't get it how these singers do that. But I'm at the point where it's like a war cry. I'm like, <laughs> And if you didn't get that part, <laughs> Wave this victory right now. Let's just, let's strengthen our hands just for a moment. 
And you know, those of you that aren't doing it, I never want to see you at a Pittsburgh Steelers game waving a terrible towel, okay? And I don't want to see you waving the American flag, okay? I don't want you to see you waving the Italian flag, whatever it is. My palm broke. <laughs> Pastor Kev, thank you. He who gives a fresh palm to a pastor shall receive a major blessing. You know why the reason my palm broke? Because during worship, I was going absolutely insane up here with my palm. It's not a victory in the future, ladies and gentlemen. It's one we have now. Whatever you're going through, you have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Honey, honey, you said that. You didn't even know what I was preaching about unless you stole my notes and you said it. You said we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ and we worship the same thing. Oh, gosh, it's so good. Revelation 7, 9 says this. This is John's vision. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude with no, of which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God. Amen. Yes, we will look like we're a cult in, when we're in heaven. Yes, we will. But our leader will be Jesus, and it'll be okay. Amen. I dare say, you know, my wife years ago had something at our church called White Sunday, and everybody dressed in white. Thank God I was away that week. <laughs> but everybody was dressed in white. Imagine if it was Palm Sunday, and everyone was dressed in white, and visitors came in. I leave it at that. But one day, <laughs> we will all be in heaven with palm branches in our hand, and we'll, and we'll say salvation belongs to our God. And since it belongs to him, can he give it to anybody he wants to? My brother's favorite scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through who? Don't forget the through who? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords. God has given us the victory. How many of you will take it? Right. I love it. It's like, I remember, you know, and, and trying to lead someone to Jesus, and I would say, you know, here's what God did for you. He did this for you. He did this for you. He did this, this. And he wants to give that all to you. Do you want it? No, no, no. I'm okay. You don't want it? Really? It's the most valuable thing on earth. But nah, I don't need it. I don't, I don't want it. You know, when, when someone tries to give, to give you a gift sometime, right, you're like, nah. How many of you are like, nah, nah, you don't have to give me a gift? I, I have to admit, I'm like that sometimes. Not anymore. So anybody here that wants to give me a gift, I'll be glad to accept it. It's, I've, I've changed. <laughs> no, it will change you, though. You know, because the reason you don't want the gift is you think you're not worth it. And we're not, but we have the victory through Jesus Christ. We're worth it because of him. So just 
Accept it. Jesus wants to give us the victory. Anybody want it? I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Guess what? If you put your faith and trust, it's not even that you have to get it. You already have it. He already died on the cross for our sins. He did everything that needed to be done. Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. Some of us, are, our palms are there. If it feels like it's about to just, it just means that your victory is closer. Because <laughs> in a moment, he can strengthen your hand. And you can declare your victory. Why? Because you have it already. You don't have to get it. You don't have to, oh, I just got to get it. <laughs> you have it. Just declare it. What may look like your downfall, God will snatch victory out of it. The palms were down. Jesus is going to the cross. It looked pretty bleak. But God snatched victory out of it. He snatched victory out of it. I don't know if the devil knew. I don't think he knew. Because he's stupid. He suffers from short-term memory loss, you know. Did you know that? The devil doesn't remember. Because he bothers you one day, you declare your victory, and he comes back another day. Didn't you know that I stomped you out? Anybody remember the, the New York Giants? I don't know why I'm talking about the Giants a lot today. But Michael Strahan got this thing, and he, every time before the game, he goes, we're going to stomp you out. Because every game, they were facing another opponent, and they had to stomp him. Listen, if you got to wake up every day and say, I'm here to stomp you out, devil, then just do it. Because he's got short-term memory loss. He forgot you stomped him out yesterday. So he'll come out and stomp him out again. The closer you are to your palms being down is as quick as God can strengthen your hand and bring it up and declare victory. Because sometimes something that is just worn on us worn on us, and worn on us. And that's what the world does. And that's what religion does. And that's what people do. And that's what even our own mind can do. But you know, one word from God, I declare my victory because I have it right now. I don't have to do anything to earn it. It is mine. Why? Because it belongs to him and he gives it to me. Yeah! I'm not mad. Just passionate about it. Hebrews 12, 12. Strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Isaiah 35, 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Holy Spirit, bring to remembrance to us that we're a king's kid. We can't lose. Not only is our ultimate victory coming, but we have it right now. We have it right now. So keep those palms up. Wave it just for a second. Say, you know what? I have the victory. No matter what way I came in here, no matter how weak my hands and knees were, no matter how much fear I had, no matter how much doubt I have, right now, I declare my victory through the Lord Jesus Christ.
Declare it because you have it. Stop acting like it's something you don't have or something you got to get. You don't got to get it. You got it. We're not waiting for Jesus to enter Jerusalem on a donkey anymore. You know, they had a prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9. It said, rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Shout, Jerusalem, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That prophecy got fulfilled. He came in peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Came to die on the cross so we could have peace with God. He came as a king, nonetheless. That prophecy has been fulfilled. But do you know what? We have a prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled from Revelation 19.11. It says, now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. Jesus came in on a donkey. He's coming again on a white horse. Woo! It's like the Lone Ranger. Or did Tano have the white horse? Who had the white horse? Lone Ranger? Okay. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Oh, 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 oh. He's coming back again, but he, he's not coming back on the little donkey to make peace. <laughs> if they say, Jesus, shut your disciples down, it's going to get ugly up in there. Because <laughs> guess what? His eyes are coming like flames of fire. And on his head, there are many crowns. Why? Because he's the king of kings. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. Oh, I see my hero coming in, baby. (laughs) On the white horse. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, Followed him on white horses. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he would strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. Oops. He treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. Oh, baby. Can can we get one of those? (laughs) Something on his thigh says, key. Why is it on his thigh? Because he's sitting on a horse, and that's what you're going to see. Robe dipped in blood. Oh, gosh. So Jesus comes the first time down the Mount of Olives through the eastern gate. If you go to the Mount of Olives, that's the gate you see right there, going through the eastern gate. It says in Zechariah 14 that when Jesus comes again on this white horse, That he's coming down on the Mount of Olives. And he's coming down so hard that the Mount's going to split in two. And this time he's going to enter in on a white horse. Baby, I can't wait. Because you know what? We're coming with. We're coming with. We're coming with. And if it's all right with Jesus, I'd like to be in the first couple of rows. (laughs) Because I want to see when you come in. I have something on my thigh too? Little king? Your king of kings could have a little something. How great is that going to be? We're coming with. It says the armies in heaven clothed in linen, white and clean. Guess who that is? Us. 
following him on white horses. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the victory. And we get to, we get to win the victory with him. Jude 14 and 15, just to back this up, says that tens of thousands of his saints will come with him to rule and reign. How many of you like horseback riding? I hate it. Because, you know, we, we went on vacation with our kids. We went two hours of horseback riding. And it took me two weeks to recover. But I am sure that these horses don't hurt your bottom. I'm totally sure. We're coming with. And you know what that makes us? More than conquerors. We conquer now, but we're going to do more than that later. Amen? We are more than conquerors. So stop acting like a loser. How you doing? I'm Pastor Joe. You don't know. Devil's been beating me up. Well, why the heck are you letting them? Why are you letting your car's horn ring when you're in church? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Stop being a punching bag for the devil. Let him pick on somebody his own size. And you're like, oh, well, how big is that? No, I mean, how small is that? The word says that when we see the one that's been supposedly punching us out, we barely can see him. And in Romans 16 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. It's time to stomp him out. And when you put your foot down on him, guess what? You can't see him anymore. Stop being a puncher bag. Stop acting like a loser. You didn't lose. You'll never lose if Jesus Christ is your Lord. He isn't in the league. You are. We're in the majors. He, did, he can't even make a minor league team. We're division one. It, it's like we're Kentucky and he's, and he's like a high school basketball team. You know what the Lord showed me? He showed me that, you know what? The devil is like the New England Patriots. I just, I, I just like to say that. And that we're like the New York Giants. Now check this out. Check this out. You're like, but they just won the Super Bowl. No, they didn't. They cheated. But anyway. The devil may be able to beat some people sometime, but he'll never beat us. Did you get that? Did you understand that? Did you see, the, the, uh, did you see that? All right, let me explain this to you. The Patriots may beat some people sometime, but they ain't never beaten the Giants. And... <laughs> And the devil may beat some people, but he can't beat us. Don't act like a loser, people. You're not a loser. We have the victory. Would you just stand with me for a second? He has given us the victory. The victory over sin. The victory over sickness. The victory over lack. The victory over depression. The victory over fear and doubt. The victory over loneliness. He has given us the victory over suicide. He has given us the victory over broken 
relationships and broken marriages. He has given us the victory. Let me tell you something, people. The message of Easter isn't just that he came and he died and was raised again. The message is, is that he's coming again. We don't just look back, we look forward. Give the Lord a shout, hallelujah! Glory! Wave that baby, let him know! Hallelujah! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Hallelujah! Declare your victory right now. Listen, while you're doing this, there's some things you need to say. You can say it in the quietness of your heart. Because there's a lot of people here. You can say it aloud, whatever you want. But just declare victory over some things. Like financial victory. Like a health victory. Like, like I need to eat better and exercise victory. Yeah, that's a victory. I need to stop acting like a loser and understand that I'm a winner. That's a victory right there. I need to stop listening to voices of fear and doubt. I need to stop listening to people that say that I can't have everything God says I can have. And I can't be everything God says I can be. I declare the victory over those thoughts that says I'll never have a a husband. I'll never have a wife. I'll never have kids. I declare victory over those negative and wrong thoughts in the name of Jesus. I declare victory over addictions. I declare victory over addictions to drugs and pornography and alcohol, whatever it might be. I declare victory over that right now. I have the victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just declare your victory before God right now. Say, my hand is not going down like it used to. I'm going to keep this hand up. He's going to strengthen my hand. Every time that I feel like I'm getting weak, I'm going to remember. I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, remind me who I am. I'm a king's kid. I'm victorious. I have the victory. My God has given it to me. And one day, I'll ride on a white horse behind him. And we will rule and reign over this earth for eternity. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. I want to make sure everyone here knows Jesus Christ is Lord. His robe is dipped in blood when he comes again. What is that blood? It's the blood of the Lamb that covers all our sin. We put our faith and trust in what he did on the cross. And we have eternal life. We have a victory to come. And we have a victory now. It's not just that we'll live forever. It's that we can live a victorious life now. I have come that they have, may have life and that more abundant. Have you put faith and trust in Jesus? If everyone would bow their heads and close their eyes with me. If you haven't, your time is now to say this prayer. The time is now. It's never too early. It's never too late. You can never do it enough. When I first got saved, I got saved like 20 times. I just wanted to make sure. doesn't matter. Because God honors you. I do it by words, according to Romans 10, 9, and 10. 
and by our heart. So say this prayer when we say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. His blood covers my sin. Then you raised him from the dead so I can have a new life now and for eternity. I receive that now. In Jesus' name. Everybody keep your eyes closed, your head bad. I don't care if you're doing it the first time or the hundredth time. It doesn't matter. If you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus and live the abundant life now and forever, no one's looking. Just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand so I can see. Amen. Okay. All right. Okay. All of you people that raise your hand, I just need you to do something real quick for me. I really, this is really important. You were bold enough to raise your hand. You can be bold enough to stand up. Stand up right now. All those people that raised their hand. Come on. All of you. Come on. Come on. Everywhere. Everywhere. Why the rest of the worship team, why the rest of the worship team comes up, all of you people that stood up, just come to the front real quick. Real quick, come to the front. I promise you, I promise you it'll be fine. Just come to the front. Just come to the front. Come on, come on. All you people that raise your hand, come up to the front. Just face me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Is that all? Is that all? Is that all? Is that all? <laughs> I got, I got to do something. I got to declare my victory today. I prayed. I wrote in my envelope that souls will be saved today. And I got my victory. In a moment, we're just going to... Um, and take you guys aside and put some white robes on you. Just kidding. In a moment, we just we just want to do some individual prayer with you and just um, give you some materials just for the decision you've made. But before we do that, I would like to pray for you and our whole congregation would like to pray for you. And that just reach out their hand towards you because what you've done today is the most important thing you could ever do in your life. 27 years ago, I was a suicidal drug addict, high school dropout, ready to take my own life. And I did what you did today. And most of them were probably in better shape than I was. So if God can do that with great things with me, he can do much greater things with you. And the reason my wife and, and I and all our leaders and all our congregation is here is for you. We want to help you to grow in the Lord because we know. That's why we do this. Because we know that this is the only life we can live. We know this is no replacement for Jesus. So I just want to pray for you right now. I'm thankful that you made the decision you made today. But I also want to pray financial, physical, emotional, social, spiritual, relationship building word of prayer over you right now. That God would restore relationships. That he would pour out a financial blessing to meet all your needs. That he would heal your body, heal your mind. Anything that you need, he is no replacement for what he can do for you. 
And we just release that into you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone else, I just want to give you a chance to respond to the word today. Because this is, this, is, this is a good time. <laughs> it's a great time to declare your victory. We've, we've pretty much adopted it as our chant here. <laughs> it's a shout. It's like a warrior shout of victory. And you know, sometimes in your life, you just need to, to say, God, I'm declaring my victory today. It says the kingdom of God suffers violent, violence and the violent take it by force. There's times where you just got to take your victory by force. Like, um, you know what? I've had enough. I've had enough with this insecurity. I've had enough with this low self-esteem. I've had enough with these financial struggles. I've had enough with this bad health. I've had enough. I'm ready to declare my victory. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. And after you declare your victory, if you need prayer, we have leaders here that will pray for you. Otherwise, if you need to leave, that's fine as well. We went on a little longer than we normally do. But if you leave, just do it quietly, please. And uh, just go to the booth and to the table. Sign up for that race. But if you want to just declare a victory, if you, if you, if you just been... Things just haven't been... And you need to, if that's you, I just want you to come up to the front right now. I just want you to come up to the altar. The altar is the place of the great exchange. If you've suffered loss, you come here, you come up here, and you declare your victory. If, if your heart is empty, you come up here to fill it. If you are in a financial situation that seems impossible, you come up here and declare what you already have. If you're sick in your body and a doctor or doctors have told you that there's no answer for this situation, you come up here and you declare the truth. If you've some of you, you know, you couples maybe, you've been trying to have a baby. And if that's you, I want you to see me personally. Because if I pray for you for a second, <laughs> in a couple months, you will come back here and say, we're ready to have a baby. Whatever it is, I want to give you a moment to come up. And what we're going to do here is we're just going to declare our victory. We, listen. Do you know that you need to be the prophet over your own life? Do you know that you're a priest and a king? Don't act like a loser. Act like who you are in him. When it comes time to shout your war cry, do it as a victor, not as a loser. When you go, whoa, oh, you're declaring victory over something. And when you do that with your mouth, if you're doing something in the spirit, your words, your praise cannot be seen.
but how powerful is what you say? It's the most powerful thing you have. So when you declare with your mouth your victory, you're setting it in motion in the spirit and it will come to pass in the physical. Amen? Someone let this worship team take over. And when it's time to declare your victory, do it louder than me. That's loud. Declare it. For those of you in the congregation you want to stay, you can declare your victory right there. That's fine. It doesn't matter where you are. But you are welcome to come up here as well at any point and just do that.
lifting that up. Let's hear the voices. The walls of Jericho are coming down. times around Jericho and, and, and I, I really feel like I got just a, a revelation that it took that long for everybody to get it sometimes you just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you get it some people get it quick some people are like me it takes a little while but we got to just keep pushing forward as one, as a body, and declare this victory. Maybe not for you, but for these up here. So shout it with them. Support them. Come on, let's hear the voices right here. Come on, some of you aren't getting it. 
something to shout oh, about. Come on.